couple of weeks ago, Cheryl, I asked you about a really specific play, and you kind of broke things down in a way that you know fans don't aren't always privy to. Uh, I wanted to start this show with a similar play. In the first of your two games in New York, uh, toward the end, uh, New York tried to run an out-of-bounds play. I guess it's called elevator doors. I frankly had not heard that phrase before. <laughs> I was uh, on Twitter today. I saw from Richard Cohen and her hope stats. Uh, he does a cool he does a cool column where he kind of gets you know tidbits and stats about all kinds of different teams. On yours, he showed how basically how Bridget Carlton by posi- positioning herself in a certain way against that play basically blew up that play and it led to a turnover. I thought I'd ask you about that just for your insights of that and why that worked. Yeah, that was, that was the, the, the Sunday game in, in New York and we had a seven point lead with about 37 seconds left. And we had moved Bridget to the four, um, probably with four minutes to go in the game. And, uh, and Bridget just was, was really, really good, including on this, this play. Um, so on the, on the play, when, when she, she uh, sniffed out and she recognized that, um, elevator doors are two post players that are, uh, they're typically post players that are 12 to 15 feet apart. And the, the guard who the play is for, they're looking for a three. And what typically happens is the offensive player runs through the post players doors, so to speak. And then once the offensive player runs through those two post players come together and close the elevator door and leaving out the defender. Typically, uh, if you don't sniff it out, the, by the time that a post player realizes that a guard is free, it's too late and the three ball is gone. And so to, the way to defend it uh, is for a post player to block the door. <laughs> uh, and so Howard and Dolson were trying to set the screen and Bridget turned and saw, uh, and then she got in the, in the door, in the doorway. And uh, Rebecca Allen had to go around uh, post players and they essentially uh, weren't able to, to get the quality of play that they were looking for. Cool. I love that kind of stuff. That's a lot of fun. Uh, also, we were talking here on Thursday afternoon, and uh, I know Cheryl at her press conference was talking about uh, injuries going both ways. So it sounds like there's a chance that Demiris Dantas could play this weekend? Yeah, we're very hopeful. Um, Demiris has been trending. Uh, we're right on time in terms of what uh, Chuck and, and the medical staff have outlined for her, and she's continued to progress, and she'll be listed as probable um, in, in terms of being able to possibly see her play tomorrow night. And we'll get into the basketball aspect of that. This is the Cheryl Reeve Show, part of TalkNorth.com. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. You can go right to the website to see the archive of Cheryl Reeve shows or check out all of our other shows, including the John Krasinski Show. If you like basketball, John does a great job on the Timberwolves. We have outdoor content, variety content with Dave Lee, formerly of WCCO, Mike Grimm covering Lindsey Whalen, all the other gopher sports. Uh, Check it all out. We do appreciate it. And uh, thank you to our sponsors, including Livia, which we'll be telling you about here shortly. Uh, and how, how close is Jefferson at this point? Uh, Jefferson is also probable. Um, you know, we, we considered making her available in New York, um, but we just thought, given there the extra time uh, to, to try to prevent any recurrence of the quad string. Uh, so she is listed for probable uh, for tomorrow night as well. And it sounds like Sylvia Fowles will not be available. Is there anything you can say about that? Yeah, so unfortunately in the New York game, uh, as she competed for uh, a couple of rebounds uh, in succession on one play, got fouled, went to the foul line. Um, and if you if you look at Sill's mannerisms at that time, uh, she, she was very concerned about something that she felt in her knee. Uh, and so she went through the process when we got back to town. As soon as we landed, uh, she went and got an MRI and, and 
you know, has, has good knowledge about what's going on in there. She had been having some problems with her knee, uh, with some swelling. And so had already started to manage, um, with, with, uh, getting some injections and, uh, also aspirating it. So she's been, you know, it's been challenging for her. Uh, and then, you know, just this, this, uh, succession of, of competing for a rebound, um, you know, I, I believe it ended up being some cartilage, uh, getting knocked off. And, and so now she has to go through, um, you know, possible treatment to, to see what that can do. And, you know, we're, we're looking at probably right now, a week to 10 days before we evaluate again. Mm, okay. Uh, do you put somebody in the five spot? Do you play with multiple, do you play, do you play a different style? What do you do? Well, when you don't have Sylvia Fowles, um, you are, you are going to look different. And, and I think, uh, insert Dantas in there, you get a little more spacing. I think, uh, Shepard is really good in the paint in terms of making plays. And so we'll look different in terms of what we run. Uh, but we still, you know, paint will be a priority for us. Uh, it just will look different. And, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, maybe a, a little more space for, for, for some players to do some things. And, uh, and then you're ultimately probably going to see, uh, more perimeter shooting from us. So you were, we were talking off the air before we started the show that you getting to go on a field trip with your son and all that. I love New York city and you were actually there for a spell, which usually doesn't happen. Did you get to do anything outside basketball or at this point of the year, are you just locked in? Well, no, I thought it was really necessary. Um, you know, when, when, uh, we've had the challenges that we have, I think that probably the best thing we could do sometimes is to get away. Um, and as you know, my family lives out, uh, in South Jersey. So I actually rented a car. I haven't rented a car in years, hmm. really a long time. And I, I drove down after Sunday's game and, uh, spent some time with my mom and, and, uh, my, my two brothers and my, uh, nieces and nephew. Um, so very quick, uh, but, but, uh, kind of, you know, f- filled me up a little bit, you know, filled the cup up and, and then, um, went back up to New York. So I know the players had a chance in, in the day in between games, kind of get out and do some things you wouldn't ordinarily do. Um, you know, some sightseeing and, uh, it was absolutely gorgeous up there. It was a nice weekend there too. So, um, that, that I think that was good for all of us. Yeah, no doubt. And, and how are you dealing with, uh, your team's predicament at this point? Are you, do you, do you push harder? Do you, do you back off? Do you change any strategies? I mean, what, what do you do as a coach? Well, I think, you know, I, I try to be consistent with who I am and my expectations. And, um, I would say probably a couple of weeks ago, um, the recognition was made that, you know, maybe that I, I'm probably coming down on them too hard. And, um, you know, some things that, um, in terms of where we were mentally, that, that, that we probably needed it to take a step back and what, what we were doing with them from a coaching standpoint, uh, just to give them some, some space as they work through it. Um, uh, because I don't think anybody intentionally does things wrong. Uh, we don't have that group, you know, by and large, it's a group that listens and, uh, and the things that we weren't getting done, uh, we talked about coaching effort. We talked about some basic concepts and, um, as a coach, you know, you, you can look at it, you know, two ways you can say, you can say the players are doing everything wrong and damn it, the players aren't doing it. Or you can look at it and go, okay, I've got really good people, um, that are willing to, to be coached and to listen. Um, and it's not happening. And I think as a coaching staff, I, I, I try to teach the group around me that when these things happen and it's team wide, this was not a player or two not getting it done. It was team wide. Um, it comes from the coaching staff. And, and so we had to look at that and go, okay, what do they need from us? Um, and I just share with them that I don't ever want them to feel that I'm accepting less from them because you do get what you accept. Um, and so walking that fine line, uh, I told them that, 
I could give them some grace as they navigated it together, as long as they held themselves accountable. Um, you know, they don't need for me to, to rail on them at every turn. Uh, that was not a good mental space for us, for anybody uh, that was around. And, you know, I think that's really, you know, since Atlanta, I think we've, we've made some, we've made some progress in that regard. And, and uh, you know, um, they sort of agreed. They don't want me to accept less from them. Uh, they want me to continue to have high expectations of them. And, um, but, but I think it's been hard. It's been hard. It's a very competitive group. And I think the elephant in the room is they feel like, you know, we all feel like we're letting still down. And that probably um, was, was looming much larger than maybe even I understood. And so I think as we work through that, you know, expressing to the team, number one, I'm okay. You know, like, you know, this, yes, it's different and it is harder. It's the hardest season I've faced with a Lynx team for uh, a long time. And, um, you know, and I think the, the bigger one was, you know, you know, two Sil's okay. Um, Sil, Sil cares deeply about this franchise and, and once, once the best for them, Sil's not walking around going, Hey, what are you guys doing? This is my last year. I deserve better than this. That's not what Sil's doing. Uh, you know, Sil's in it with them and uh, Sil's, you know, trying to help us navigate these challenging times. And, and, uh, I think once they realize like, okay, we got to let that part go and let's, let's try to become the best team that we can be and not squeezing every day. When it's not happening, we start to panic. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it's, you know, the game is mental. I told him, I told him in the locker room, look at those of you that want to be in, you know, in coaching. Coaching is such a small part, X and O, very small part. And it's, it's so much more to do with how your players feel, how they feel about themselves, how they feel about each other. And uh, they know that. And so that's, that's what we've really spent a lot more time on. Good stuff. Uh, you know, I know it's t- sometimes tough to talk about uh, this when you're going through, but that, that's really valuable stuff. If anybody's looking to get into coaching, that's the kind of insight they would they would want to hear. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, Powers, about Planet Pearson, about some moves around the league. We do want to uh, give you a chance to talk about Livia. Yeah, I was just thinking about that this morning. You know, I've had a couple back-to-back weeks of road trips and um, you know, coach Connie, uh, when I was in New York, uh, one, one thing that she reminds me of, cause I, I'm, I'm a Virgo. And I think if you, if you look at Virgos, we're, we're really hard on, we're drivers, we're hard on people and we tend more towards the negative. And so everything I would say about myself was all that I didn't do. And, uh, Connie reminded me what my numbers are and, um, and, and what my goals, you know, have been and, um, that I'm actually doing quite well, <laughs> uh, but that's hard for me, especially with myself. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm definitely a self-deprecating type of type of person. Uh, and, and for me, and I really kind of took stock of it and I spent some time with my mom at sharing with her how great I feel. And, and, uh, she wants to, <laughs> wants to be a part of it. And, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to share, you know, the, the success and the ways that she can be successful as well. Um, you know, because she's 82 and, and, you know, wants a little more energy, wants to feel better. And, you know, so for me, I'm, I'm knocking on the door of, of, uh, being down 20 pounds wow! and it, it, yeah. And, and like it caught up fast. I, where I started kind of going, wait, what? Cause I focus on each week what I'm trying to get done. And when Connie shares with me, sure. I want to remind you, you know, this is, this is, you know, where we started and here were some of your stated goals and, you know, we've done quite well. Um, so, you know, since the middle of March, you know, I feel healthy. I feel like, uh, if I suddenly had to stop, uh, being on Livia that I would, I would know how to manage, uh, considerably better than what I did when I, when I started Livia. Uh, so I'm, I'm incredibly thankful and, and, uh, you know, have more, more that I want to do and, and, 
you know, like I said, more than anything, I, I feel good. And at a time when, you know, my life is a little stressful and, and, you know, not maybe experiencing the level of success we want to experience. Sometimes that can be hard and dark and lonely and that sort of thing. Uh, it's a tough time <laughs> to be, uh, you know, having, having goals like these and uh, could not do it without the support of the folks at Livia. Well, thanks for that. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. We'll tell you about our other sponsors here in a second. Uh, Derek, I, I don't know if you want to get into this kind of stuff. Derek Fisher out uh, in L.A. There have been some coaching changes in the league this year. Do you have any thoughts on any of the moves? I don't. You know, we've, we've been so, you know, kind of locked in on ourselves. Um, certainly, I, I, I'm never I'm never happy when I when I hear uh, news like that because, uh, you know, the profession's really hard. And I, I know um, we all pour our heart and souls into this. And so you never want to see that be the ending uh, for any coach, regardless of what team that they, they that they coach for. And how about on your staff, Planet Pearson, going back to her alma mater? Yeah, really happy for P. Um, anybody that knows Planet Pearson, you know, the love runs deep uh, for her, her Red Raiders. And um, when that call came, it was very difficult uh, for Planet as – Obviously, we're in the midst of our season and, and, you know, having some challenges and she wants to be right there with everyone. And I just told her, I said, look, you, you can't control when these things come along and she needs to, to be happy about it. And, and I think her time with the Minnesota Lynx, her time in the WNBA afforded her this great opportunity. And I'm proud of her and excited for her. And as hard as it was to say goodbye to her, um, ultimately, we always want the best for you. And listen, I didn't know Planet Pearson well, but she just seemed like one of those people you want to spend time with. She just had a great personality. Yeah, I mean, it's why I wanted her to come play for us. I mean, many, many years I tried to get Planet to be at Lynx, and then finally it worked out, and we were able to get her another championship. And and then uh, when she went into college coaching, and you know, I, I thought of her right away. She just she just understands what it takes to be successful, and uh, particularly in the post. And she has a toughness about her, and. Um, there's a big void on our staff, you know, like, uh, her personality is pretty big and, you know, it's my fellow Virgo. Um, but, but, uh, again, we're, we're, we all want the best for each other. And so we were very excited for her and as hard as it was for Planet, um, she'll always be a Lynx and this will always be time spent here that, that she'll, she'll treasure, uh, and hopefully she'll go do great things as a college coach. I want to get into kind of a little contrast between uh, your staff right now and what the Timberwolves are doing. I do want to thank our sponsors, our longtime sponsors of the Cheryl Reeves Show, starting with Rudy Luther Toyota. Ready for a women-forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. 10 cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. This is the time of year where we have a brief moment between paying high utility bills to keep your home or business warm to paying high utility bills to keep your home or business cold. In most parts of the country, energy rates are rising or have already gone up. You're probably already noticing it on your bill, just like we're all noticing it at the gas pump. Solar Energy can help you lock in energy rates and give you peace of mind knowing your energy costs won't rise along with fossil fuel costs. Solar panels last 25 to 30 years, giving you a good idea where your energy is coming from for decades to come. For this and many of the other reasons we've listed 
over time as All Energy Solar has been sponsoring this program and our network. You want to check out allenergysolar.com, allenergysolar.com. Also want to tell you about uh, Sete Coli. That is Italian, and it's coming from my realtor, Cara Quinn. That is the name of her new business. She's branching out on her own because she has so much expertise that goes beyond simply being a realtor, although she's a great realtor. Uh, Sete Coley is a family-owned, Twin Cities-based home remodeling, real estate, and property management company offering personalized service and outstanding client care. It means Seven Hills. That's a nod to the Seven Hills of Rome, Italy. They handle home remodeling, realtor services, property managing, and wraparound services. Like, let's say you're a homeowner considering a home improvement project. Uh, Car Quinn can help you evaluate the impact of a remodel on your home's market value. If you're a prospective home buyer, Car can help you assess the cost and the logistics of updating the home you're buying. We're going through right all this right now with Cara as we get our house ready for market. I'm going to be in the future. I'm going to be telling about the other ways they can help you, but just remember S E T T E C O L L I. So you're down a coach. You're going to go with uh, pretty much a, a two person coaching staff. Of course, they're both powerhouses. And meanwhile, the Timberwolves are hiring everybody in the NBA. It seems like a remar- <laughs> it's a remarkable what they're doing. And they're hiring high profile people, very highly respected people to you know, supplement their, their front office. Of course, every NBA team has about 18 assistant coaches these days. Is, is that a meaningful contrast? Would you like to see your your side of the organization built out more? Are you comfortable with where you are? No, I mean, I think if you look at when I first got uh, to, to the links, we had just two full-time assistants and Jim and Shelly, and we had a video coordinator. And then we, we expanded uh, and we were able to have three assistant coaches. And so uh, in addition to a video coordinator. And, and I like our, our situation right now. Our video coordinator, Ashley McGee, uh, has already, you know, we, you know, I always say to, to, to people that work for us, bite off as much as you want to chew. Uh, and Ashley wanted to, to bite off more this year and took on some scouting and, and has been working with the players on the court. Um, and so when you have an absence like this, um, we're able to divvy, divvy things up between three people as opposed to two. Um, you know, to pick up for, for Planet. And, you know, I think where we are as a league right now is probably appropriate. Um, I think we are building a little more um, uh, in, in terms of the um, general managing part of it. We're, we're building more there in terms of analytics um, and adding headcount there. Uh, I think a lot of the organizations in WNBA are doing that uh, if they haven't already done that. So I think, I think we're growing and, and no, we're not, you know, we don't have as many people as they, they have on the NBA side. We don't have the, the roster size. We don't, we don't have the, the staff size. We don't have, you know, separate scouting department and things like that. But, um, you know, as we know, comparing the two is a bad idea, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I think if we remember, this is where the NBA was in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes time. And I, I think we're appropriately growing at this point. Uh, are we going to see Natalie Chunwa anytime soon? Yes, we hope real soon. Um, that's a player that got into a little bit of practice recently. And, um, you know, it's hard. We're going to be playing multiple games here without much practice time. But, um, you know, that's another player that, you know, these these um, hamstrings or quad strains, they, they can be really problematic if you try to return too soon. Um you know, so we're going to make sure that she's fully healthy and able to go and, you know, probably a week away in Natalie's case. 
you know, the modern cliche about professional basketball, it's a make or miss sport. And I, I always think <laughs> that when I watch, uh, you know, powers play, she has, <laughs> ma- she has massive games for you. And she has games where, you know, she hasn't necessarily played a lot in the fourth quarter. She has games where she has a low shooting percentage. I mean, yeah. How do how, as a coach, do you manage somebody who could go either way? Well, you enjoy it when it's there. Um, <laughs> but, but I will say this about powers. Uh, she has been proven to be a, a consistent player. She has not gotten off to a great start, um, but she is trending the last three or four games, you know, more in her range, you know, in the, in the mid forties uh, in terms of what she's shooting. Um, so I, I think where we are with Ariel is feeling like we're closer to her uh, being herself and, and being efficient as, as she was at the end of last season. Um, and, and so that's what we're, you know, that's, that's what our, where our mind is in terms of, we feel like the worst of it is over and, and we're trending upward. Kent Youngblood did a piece recently speaking to you about uh, the, the type importance of title nine. Uh, do you have any favorite thoughts you would like to share from that, that conversation? Uh, I, I really enjoyed kind of the memory lane uh, part of, of title nine and Kent pointing out some things uh, you know, along the way. I always say this, I didn't know uh, when I was six, you know, in 1972, I didn't really understand at all. Right. I, I just knew that I wanted to play sports. Um, now, as I've gotten older and uh, I'm, you know, in the I'm in my 50s and I've met so many people uh, that didn't have the same opportunities uh, that I had. I didn't understand that when it was happening. Uh, I got a chance to play uh, baseball. Uh, they let me play. They let a girl play uh, baseball. Many, many girls uh, that were older than me didn't have that same opportunity to even play with boys. Uh, they had a rule and, and girls weren't allowed to play. Um, and uh, we actually had a, you know, Dr. Nancy Cummings, that was our, our, our team um, orthopedic surgeon for many years. Uh, you know, she's an example of that where she had to write the little league and really fight uh, for opportunities. And, uh, but again, when you're that, when you're that age, you don't understand it. So now that I'm later in life and I look back and uh, the benefit that I had of, of being born, uh, when I was in the mid sixties and, and, uh, the opportunities that came, uh, with that and having a scholarship opportunity, uh, to go to college that many, many didn't have that, uh, before that time. And, and then an opportunity to, to get into coaching, um, you know, more, more, uh, opportunities came as a result of the legislation as, as we know, participation numbers have gone way up, uh, and then just opportunities. And, and for me to be sitting here as a WNBA coach, there is no question that without Title IX, this would not have happened. And uh, so I'm thankful. And, and so the, the trip down memory lane, my, my favorite memories are as a young person, just being on, whether it was baseball diamond or being on the basketball court, my favorite memories by far with my family, with my brothers, with my dad, with my mom, who had to pick us up and dust us off <laughs> after the tough times with my dad, who was the coach. Um, but I, I, I didn't think anything of you know those opportunities that – that came as a result of legislation. So I'm, I'm thankful 50 years of title nine. One more topic that we get your final thought. Once again, thanks to Livia, Rudy Luther, Toyota, Cara Quinn, my realtor, successful marketing group, all energy solar TSR injury law, 612 TSR time. And remember us, uh, Cara Quinn's new company is called Sete Coley and I highly recommend her for everything. Uh, <laughs> they uh, did a, a mic'd up segment with the Boston Celtics coach who asked, who basically said to his players <laughs> during game three, why are you guys playing like, <laughs> and I was wondering if you ever speak to your players that way. 
Well, I, I think probably, I didn't hear it, but I'm guessing it was a form of uh, bringing levity to a situation, or maybe not, <laughs> but that's how I looked at it. I thought, you know, it's it's out of the ordinary, and sometimes that sort of jolt of out of the ordinary can be very helpful, um, you know, rather than, hey, we got to defend, we got to rebound, we got to, you know, that that's a whole other approach, you know, to kind of get their attention. Um, I, I, I certainly chuckled at it. I, I have never called my players uh in, in a timeout anyway <laughs> uh, good stuff all right cheryl uh time for your final thought on anything in the world you'd like to address at this point yeah you know, i i've been so immersed in this in this team um uh i think in terms of, you know, of all that's been going on you know that that we i've paid a little bit of attention to but you know i i think right now um i think what's probably on my mind the most is just this basketball team and, and what we're going through and, and hearing from Nafisa Collier recently uh, and talking with her and, and, you know, you know, we, we, uh, we, we remain hopeful uh, about our season and, and uh, we're not going to, we're not going to stop playing and expecting things of one another. And, and I think that's kind of where all of our thoughts are. We're excited for this three game homestand, you know, even though you know, we'll be without someone like Sill, uh, we're excited about the opportunity that's in front of us to, to really show people what we're made of. And uh, did Nafisa say anything specific you'd like to share? Uh, yeah, that she's not sleeping. <laughs> uh, that uh, baby Mila has has uh, grown an inch, picked up a pound, uh, and is up from 11 p.m. till 4 a.m. <laughs> so I loved hearing all all of her mama's stories, and, and that she's not getting much sleep. But she did say she's feeling really good, and and uh, you know we we did talk about uh, a return to market and. You know, for her, she wants to be around her teammates. And, and so um, it was a nice call. It was it was a nice pick me up. Well, good stuff. Uh, you know, I just this is a really good show. I appreciate you addressing all the different things you did address. Good luck this weekend and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Jim.